Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Welcome to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather, and I'm blessed to be your host this morning. We're going to have a wonderful two hours together. Uh, it's a, such a blessing for me, especially, to be able to host for you, the, the listening audience of Real Presence Radio. And so we're going to just begin here with a prayer. And uh, I would like to express to uh, you as the listeners that I'm, I'm meeting with someone today who is a little angry about things that are, are taught about our Catholic faith. And so uh, that individual is definitely on my mind. And if you would pray around 1120 or 1130 uh, for our conversation to go well, I would greatly appreciate it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dearest Lord Jesus, you love us, and you know each of us by name. You grant us all the graces and blessings that we need to be faithful to you, no matter our circumstances. We ask that you bless all of our efforts this day, especially the work of Real Presence Radio, in promoting your truth and goodness and beauty across our listening area, so that those who are in need of Jesus, which is all of us, Lord, uh, would be able to receive you in your fullness. And we ask these things through the intercession of our Blessed Mother, as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Paul, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, as usual, we have a wonderful show today. Uh, but, but this morning especially, this, uh, this segment, this first half hour is really special for me. Uh, I do have 10 children, and so to break into my top 10 most favorite people list is extraordinarily hard. But if I didn't have 10 children, our next guest would definitely make one of my top 10 people uh, that I know. Uh, Father Jason Miller is a wonderful priest here in the Diocese of Fargo. He is a great basketball player, a better person, and even a better priest. And he's always been there in a multitude of ways for our family. Uh, we've had him over at our house for dinner before, and so he's definitely a, a family friend that encourages us in our own faith. Father Miller, welcome to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you for that very kind introduction, Nathan. Yeah, I, appreciate it. Yeah, I charged $20 an intro, so if I could go through <laughs> about five or six of these, that would be great. Uh, the topic we're going to talk about today is, is something that's near and dear to my heart, uh, and that's funeral liturgies. Um, I, I, I first, Father Miller, just tell us a little bit about yourself and why this topic is something that matters to you. Yeah, thank you, Nathan. Um, well, as a priest, I think one of the privileges that we have is to be uh, with people in all stages of, of their life, right? So, um, baptism, marriages, and funerals, um, and many other moments in between. So, um, this is an important thing, I would say, for for me, I was a little bit nervous about the uh, experience of the funeral when I first started as a priest, how I would be able to relate to people and their grief, co bring comfort to them, um, but actually I've found them to be profound moments of openness in, in many people, um, and opportunities to preach the good news of of Jesus, uh, who is the resurrection. So, um, I guess in that way, as a priest, I have 
interest in it, but then also in my job as the uh, director for liturgy of the diocese. Um, this is um, part of part of that that it's in my my kind of field there too. So, yeah, and I think one of the things that I think about is a lot of my conversations with my non-Catholic family members especially revolve around funerals and, mm -hmm. and Mass or church services. And to help them to understand that, you know, Catholic Mass is not a church service. We're, we're offering a sacrifice, which is different than a prayer service. They obviously don't see it that way. It's just, just another form of a church service. A funeral is just another form of a church service. We could do it at the Catholic Church. We could do it on the beach. We could do it at our local non-Catholic church. Um, how do you help folks to try to understand when they don't have a Catholic perspective of this is a funeral liturgy. We're asking God to do something here and, and something's being done more than just we're comforting each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Well, in the, in the liturgy, there are all kinds of... Um, obviously signs and symbols that we use and those help us to see with a visible representation what is an invisible reality does just because it's invisible doesn't mean it's there it's not there that it's not real it's just not visible to us and so we represent it by signs and symbols in funeral liturgy there are um, signs and symbols that we use obviously the um, the Easter candle comes out um, to remind us that the soul who is being um, handed over to eternity now, was received into the family of God through baptism and uh, was a member of, of the Catholic Church. The, uh, the white pall symbolizing, again, that baptism that washed away all of um, the person's sins at the beginning of their life um, or whenever they were baptized into the church. Um, even the symbol of, of, of a black vestment, which was traditionally used in the funeral liturgy, represents to us that this is something different than just your ordinary Sunday Mass or your ordinary um, feast day Mass. You know, this is something special, and there's a certain attitude that that conveys to us by that representation. And, um, and so all those things help us to remind us what's really going on in the mind of a Catholic. We, we know that we must, out of charity, pray for the souls of the departed. Um, that's, that's clear in the, in the scriptures, especially in the book of Maccabees. Um, but the, the body of Christ is much bigger than just the church on earth or the saints in heaven. It also includes the soul suffering in purgatory. And um, we don't assume that anybody goes right to heaven. And so we assume that they need our prayers. And that's what the funeral liturgy is most especially meant to do, is to pray for the souls of the dead, to offer the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for their soul, which is the uh, most efficacious prayer that we have. Yeah, and I think that's one of my greater frustrations trying to get across the people is because if you're not Catholic or High Church Anglican, you probably have no sense of purgatory whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So we're only here to comfort each other. Who cares if we're at the beach or your church or my church or whatnot? The idea that we're doing something practically for the deceased person is almost entirely lost outside of, of Catholic circles. Right. And and that's, that's a hard thing to get people... Why do we have to have the... You know, church for or the, the the funeral mass for grandma. Why can't we just have a celebration of life down at the? Mm -hmm. It should be a joyful experience. We shouldn't be crying and sad and yeah. <laughs> all those sorts of things. And it's like, grandma needs this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, we want we should want this for ourselves too, right? And there's a there's a heartache I think for Catholics who who are stuck in these situations because you don't want to appear like you don't want to celebrate grandma, but mm -hmm. at the same time. 
our, our knowledge of Jesus, the knowledge that we have of him through our faith is, yeah, the, the, the church is more than just here and, and on, or in heaven. Uh, what, what was grandma most need of us at this moment? She needs Jesus. She needs the mass. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. And I think it, you're right. It is a, it's a hard situation to be in because, um, you know, people, people are trying to deal with this in different ways. And I think in our modern world, we tend to deal with things by uh, pushing things that are uncomfortable off to the side and we find other uh, more pleasurable or convenient things to think about. We distract ourselves. And I think that the funeral liturgy can kind of fall into that too. Um, we don't want to think about death. We don't want to think about life after death. Those are hard realities to confront. And I think they always have been. But the beautiful thing about our faith is that Jesus conquers death and that um, death isn't a scary thing for us anymore. Um, the, the funeral liturgy in the preface says that for the faithful, um, death does not end life, it just changes it. You know, so we're, actually the church believes that after death, the souls who are in eternity, either in purgatory or in heaven, are closer to us than they were even on earth. And again, it's our faith that has to believe that because it's not something we experience with our senses most of the time, but it's, it is something um, that we hold by faith. And there, you know, there's, there are um, private revelations, you know, we don't have to believe them, but mystics who have seen the souls in purgatory, and they tell us of the, uh, the great need of the, those souls. St. Alphonsus Liguori said that the slightest pain of purgatory is greater than the, the greatest pain on earth. So, by forgetting to, to pray and to offer sacrifice for these souls, we, we do them a great disservice. And it's actually, it's actually a lack of charity on our part that we don't offer our, our prayers for them. If you're just tuning in, we're here with Father Jason Miller of the Diocese of Fargo talking about funerals and funeral liturgies and the importance of them. Uh, I, I think also when you, when you kind of mentioned that, um, I was reminded of my own mother's funeral. Um, obviously, I miss my mom. She died, well, 2018, 2019, something like that. Um, but... Monsignor Wald was the priest in Jamestown at the time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we meet ahead of time to kind of talk about things and prepare the, the liturgy. And my mom was a big pre-Vatican too, you know, so she liked the Tridentine Mass and those sorts of things. Monsignor Wald comes out, didn't talk to me about it ahead of time or anything, with the black vestments. <laughs> and all I will say is my mom's funeral, the day of her funeral, was one of the best days of my life. Mm. It was so beautiful. And, and, you know, he talked about the importance to me of, you know, yes, your mom's passed away. We are going to pray for her. But this is also an opportunity for us to help your children mm -hmm. remember their mom and, and love their Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. and, and everything was the ritual, all those things, right? Now, I'm going to fast forward a small bit. I apologize. Uh, another family member passed away. They don't want to do the Catholic funeral thing. So we all gather somewhere. And it was funny to me, Father, because we created ritual, mm. right? Uh, we're all going to sit here and we're all going to tell a story about the, the loved one that's passed away. And then we had to get a balloon and we had to blow up a balloon and we had to write a message on the balloon. And then we're going to share or not what our message on the balloon was <laughs> to the deceased person. And then we're all going to let them go, right? Now, in theory, it sounds beautiful. It sounds great, right? There were fights and arguments well, I didn't get a chance to say mine yet. Who goes first, mm -hmm. right? There's all mm -hmm. these little bickerings. And I told my kids, I was like, 
as men, and I mean man in the, in the human sense, mm-hmm. man needs ritual. We need meaning and purpose. When our lost loved one has just passed away, if we don't have meaning from the church, we're going to seek it out somewhere else, and it's always going to be a counterfeit. Yeah. We created our own ritual that just, to be quite frankly, sucked more <laughs> and, and yeah. meant a whole lot less yeah. than my mom's funeral mass, which was absolutely beautiful. And, and I, would, I, would, I would live that day a hundred times over. It was so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. No, th- thank you. That's, that's a really awesome kind of juxta- juxtaposition of how, how this works. And that's the, the, uh, the awesome nature of, of our rituals that have been handed down through the centuries um, because they remind us that there's something even more than just my grief or my family's experience, but we're part of the body of Christ. We're part of, we're part of the, uh, we're part of the church that has been doing this for two thousand years, and uh, and so it, it, it doesn't like negate the fact that yes, I am suffering. I do have grief, but it also shows me how to suffer as a Catholic, and how to have hope as a Catholic, and that gets us out of ourselves. And that's really an important important thing. And I think that's something that many people in the world desire and want. So that's why we, you know, kind of do these other rituals and things like that. We're striving for that, but, you know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We've figured it all out yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, and so entering into what the church has to, has to give us is a, is a great thing. Well, and I'm laughing too, is it's like, uh, we don't have to invent something. We already have something great. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's like the person who's got gold or diamonds, like he's not, he's not looking for cryptocurrency or whatever, <laughs> right? Whatever the next thing is. Um, and, and what a beautiful reflection, you know, that, that that is too, that uh, I don't need to create something. St. Thomas Aquinas has already added his input. Mm-hmm. St. Augustine's already added his input. Fulton Sheen, all the church councils uh, going back, uh, what is there, 21 ecumenical councils, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, we have all this wealth of holiness and knowledge and effort and the Holy Spirit guiding people. Like, why wouldn't we follow that? Mm-hmm. Like, instead, we'll just figure something out on a random Saturday afternoon yeah. at the lake or whatever. <laughs> and, and I don't mean to be dismissive. That's always one of the things I notice in myself. I, it's very mm-hmm. easy for me to, to be dismissive of things. But, but that what we actually have over here is just this gorgeous beautiful thing why would i ever want to lose that yeah and and yeah it's uncomfortable talking with family members but but as best you can in charity to hold fast no we want grandma to have a funeral uh will 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 be so much more advantageous for for the family that means something to Mm -hmm. and and i'll tell you on the other side of the break what we did uh, with that loved one to try to get around that and you'll hear about that on the other side of this break you're listening to real presence live Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. 
What if you could earn a degree that offers the best of both worlds, an MBA and a master's degree in philosophy? The University of Mary offers one degree that combines world-class business training with a careful study of life's deepest questions through their combined MBA, MA, and philosophy program. By earning one degree in both philosophy and business online, you will rigorously engage the big ideas needed to address professional challenges. Visit catholicprofessional.life. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. The letter to the Hebrews describes the scriptures as a double-edged sword. This weapon is so sharp, it can cut us to the bone, revealing our hypocrisy, our justifications, our self-recited limitations, and our hidden motives. They are like a riverbed clogged with boulders. Our lives then become stale and boring without the fresh, clean, rushing waters of God's Spirit. And yet these waters can rush in through the Word of God. In the same way, it may be painful at times to read the scriptures God gave us, but the life they bring is crucial. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Today, allow the Word of God to clear away the obstacles that block you from a total life of holiness. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm here this morning with uh, Father Jason Miller uh, talking about funeral liturgies. And I ended the last break talking a little bit about what we did with that loved one. Um, I was living in Valley City at the time, and uh, Monsignor Dennis Sconsing was our priest. And so we asked him if we could have a Mass said for that loved one. And uh, two of my aunts, one of my uncles in our family came, and Monsignor did the, you know, the daily Mass. Um, and when it was over, obviously, it was just us. There's no music. You know, it's not like a regular <laughs> funeral. And it just didn't sit right with me that we weren't, you know, singing at the end of it. And so we just grabbed the hymnals out of the pew, started singing uh, Ubi Caritas. And Monsignor, who had walked off into the sacristy, actually stayed vested, walked back out, knelt with us, and sang with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just a really beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. I love that man tremendously. But it gave us a sense of, yeah, we still participated with whatever the family wanted to do, but we had to do something that was more meaningful. And mm-hmm. I was very thankful to Monsignor for allowing us to, to do that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, um, it's all very, very important for us. And, and I think it's, it's important to know also that, you know, the funeral liturgy is about praying for the dead, but it is also about bringing comfort to, to those who, who remain. And, um, and actually, it's our prayers for the for the soul of the departed that does bring us comfort, you know, that we're not helpless in the face of death, but we, we do still have something to offer to our loved ones and they still have something to offer to us by the, uh, the witness of their holy life. And um, most especially the funeral liturgy, liturgy should be about Jesus Christ and his, his power to overcome death. And so the, our signs and symbols point to, to him, his life, his death, his resurrection and how that impacts our lives um, and, and comes to be present to us today. Now can, can the souls pray for us after they've died if they are in purgatory? I, I, I've, I've heard both things, and I'm not really sure if I understand that very well. Yeah, yeah, it's the opinion of, I don't think there's like a settled 
teaching on it, but okay. um, it's the opinion of St. Alphonsus Liguori that yes, they can benefit with us, benefit us by their prayers. Okay. What's, what's the thought behind why they couldn't? I guess when, when I read something about that, it didn't quite... Well, they're, um, in purgatory, your, our suffrages are no longer meritorious. So we're not earning, if you put it that way, more glory. And so the thought was that neither would their prayers be meritorious because they're just, they're just, they're at a net loss and they're just trying to make up for what yeah. they owe back to God through temporal punishment and to get to zero. Um, but um, yeah, the, the opinion of, of Saint Alphonsus is that they they can actually um, help us by their prayers because it's uh, it's appealing to God's generosity. It's it's not it's not something that you know God looks at us and sees something great and then says, "Oh, I'm going to answer that prayer." Yeah, yeah. No, that's I I, I appreciate your explanation. It's far better than the article I read. <laughs> I <laughs> left more confused that. after reading that. Um, so so pra- practically speaking. Um, I got, I got at least at least one scenario. I'd like to have at least two, but we'll see if we have time. Um, a a family member, not really faithful anymore. The family wants to do some kind of a celebration of life thing, but you're the Catholic guy, or you're the Catholic girl, or the or gal, I should say. Uh, and they ask you, hey, at the celebration of life, can you say a prayer? Or as we're you know putting the body uh, into the the grave site, could you say a prayer at that time? Mm-hmm. What's your advice to folks? Because I, I know there's some trepidation. Like I don't want, or some people will say, well, I don't want to say this is okay. I wanted our loved one to have a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, these people don't have any Jesus. So right. I, I, I want them to have some sense of Christ being present. What, what advice would you offer folks in, in that situation, Father? Yeah, so just to be clear, this would be a, a Catholic who's being buried outside of Catholic or non-Catholic. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Being the, the family member might have been mass. raised Catholic, but they haven't, you know, they didn't practice their faith 30 yeah. years later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I, th- I, um, I guess my, my opinion on that is it would be far better for the Catholic person who has an understanding of, you know, the, the depth of our teaching on, on death to have a mass offered for that person rather than to say a, a prayer or something. You know, Catholics are obligated to use the sacraments of the church, um, which is why you know it's invalid for a couple to get married outside of the church without proper uh, formal perm- permission from their bishop. Um, so to to partake in in that as a Catholic is is a serious thing because a funeral is not quite as serious as going to a, a Catholic being married outside of the church because in that case you're participating in a fake thing. The funeral liturgy is a sacramental. It's not a sacrament, so that the the obligation is not strict or strong to mm. to have a Catholic funeral necessarily. But why wouldn't you? Because of all the benefits for it. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's how I would say it. Um, there's probably nothing that would be wrong with uh, with praying at a service like that. I wouldn't do it if it was a Protestant service. Um, but if it's just family getting together, you know, we're always meant to pray together. However, um, I guess for myself, I would probably abstain and, and just, I guess as a priest, it's easy cause I can offer mass <laughs> for whoever I want, whatever I want. Um, oh, that's great. but, but that's, that's how I would approach it. Okay. Uh, that's, that's very good. I did. I never put the, the distinction between the sacrament versus the sacramental. The way mm. you described that made a, made a lot of sense. That was very good. Uh, one, one more for sure. Um, 
a, a friend or a family member, um, let's say they commit suicide, and you know that the person that's going to be the presider of what we'll call the funeral, and I mean this sense completely non-Catholic, I don't know if it's you know Methodist or Lutheran, that's just some type of non-Orthodox, non-Catholic, mm-hmm. um, and, and you have a sense that this is going to be celebrated in some way, like, like the choice for suicide was a, was a good thing. I'll mm-hmm. give you a, a practical example. I went to one, and the pastor, she basically said that in the person's moment of, of um, pain, she re- you know, the, the person who had committed suicide reached out to God, and Jesus answered her prayer. And I was just like, you know, I was holding my wife's hand, and Father, I'm surprised she still has one because I was squeezing her hand so hard. Mm. And, and I wanted to stand up and say something. And if it, if it hadn't been for my wife being there, I probably would have. But I had a sense that was going to happen ahead of time. I thought at that time that the best thing for me to do was actually not to go because I felt like my silence was in some way acceptance of what was going to be said. Mm-hmm. And I knew what was going to be said was not in accordance with with the you know truth goodness and beauty of the catholic faith right what advice do you give to someone who is in a it might be in a similar situation to the one that i was in father yeah well i i would say in general we have to be very careful about attending protestant services of any kind as catholics the times in times past you know it's strictly forbidden for catholics to pray with with non-catholics and i think partly for that reason so you're not in a compromising situation but partly because the symbol of um you know you do your thing and we do our thing and it's all the same and we can kind of cross over however we want. Um, so I think in general, that's what I would say about, about that. But certainly the, the idea of suicide is becoming so accepted and even celebrated and that's a terrible thing. Um, and so we need to be very careful that we don't, um, you know, uh, I don't know, support that anyway, because it it's a, we need to address the problem of why people are despairing yeah. and not give them support in doing it. Yeah. And that's, um, so we, we have to be very careful about our, how we talk about that at the end of life. Um, obviously, we don't know. We don't know what the state of their soul was in that moment, but, uh, but we can't pretend like suicide's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I just, again, it's just so, I'm so grateful to the church for, for the guidance on these sorts of things. Um, trying to figure it all, all out on your own is impossible. And we have all these, like you mentioned, the, the St. Alphonsus Liguori, all these men striving after holiness. And, and, and we should follow their wisdom. Uh, I, I think it was Chesterton called it the democracy of the dead or something <laughs> yes, like that. Yeah. Why, why do the voices of the dead suddenly stop just because they're, they're dead? Mm-hmm. Um, and especially on something that's so meaningful, like, mm-hmm. like our, our, our funeral liturgies and what we do there. Um, what what would your thoughts be like? Have have there been a, a, a specific funeral that was more impactful for you, especially as you were maybe younger and not a priest yet? That kind of made you fall in love with Catholicism. Um, hmm, it's a great question. I uh, I have all my grandparents are deceased, um, so I've I've been to I've been to many of their funerals. But I I wasn't able to be at my my grandma's funeral in 2016. I was in Poland when she died mm. World Youth Day. But the others, um, and I, I just, um, you know, you have this interesting feeling when you're at a funeral, especially of someone you, you know and love so closely. Um, there's a, there's a, there is a sense of loss, but there's also a, a sense of hope, and I think that's, 
that's important. So I'd say all of those funerals have helped me to realize um, the shortness of life, the reality of death, that it comes for us all. And, uh, and that brings a, a realism to, uh, to our lives that is very healthy, which is why I think to do a funeral liturgy well is, is so important because it helps us to live better. If we live knowing that death is right around the corner for us, uh, we will always do well, right? The book of Ecclesiastes says that keep your last end in mind and you will never sin. Yeah. And if we think that today, tomorrow, anytime I could face the judgment of God, it will change the decisions that I make. And that's, that's a good way to, to live. So um, praying for burying the dead has always been a, a work of mercy considered by the church. Actually, in the Middle Ages, you would have guilds that would part of their constitutions, so you could have like the goldsmith's guild or the blacksmith's guild, but part of their constitution was that when one of our members dies, we promise to go to their funeral, pray for their soul, and have masses offered for them. So that, that spiritual confraternity that um, characterized the Middle Ages just as much as, as you know, having support in your work was important to them. So I think it's important for us to hold on to that as Catholics. You know, the most important thing we can offer to each other is is our spiritual support and um, holding each other, most especially um, praying for that grace of a happy death, to prepare well for death, to, to die in the grace of the sacraments, to be protected against the, uh, the forces of the evil one that he sends against us, particularly in those moments, and um, to pray for those who are dying. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. It's it really is the best way to live. I love Catholicism. Could you leave us with your blessing, please? Absolutely. Father? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. On the other side of this break, we will talk with some folks who are going to teach us a little bit about American Heritage Girls and all the graces and blessings that come from that. And I'm looking forward to that, and I'm sure you are too. You'll hear that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 